I've been denied everything, even my revenge! Maybe you can hum the theme song, won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, question we ask is still the same. Is the treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello, hey, welcome to Is This Still Good? A podcast about removing nostalgia goggles and revisiting childhood treasures. <laughs> uh, I'm Gavin. Uh, with with me, we've got our co-host, uh, Sage, R. Did you forget my name for a second? <laughs> it sounded like you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us um, for the first time, uh, new guest, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Hilton Day. Um, I am uh, a, a freelance assistant director, but uh, I am also quite in love with uh, so many of the 90s shows that we grew up with still to this day, and happy to be on the show. Oh, did you grow up with 90s stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone else got to grow up with 90s stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I got I got lucky. <laughs> and actually, where, where did you grow up, Hilton? Um, so I was born in Chicago and raised in the Bay Area. So, um, you know... It was, it was, I moved here at a very young age, like about like five or six, I believe I was five actually. And, um, from there I actually spent a lot of my time growing up here. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's really, both are very, very, very different, but you know, it's just really interesting to, to see, you know, the, the, the different dynamics between, you know, uh, Chicago and the Bay Area, there is like, you know, mostly a, a black neighborhood, so many more black people everywhere in Chicago than I felt like there were here in the Bay Area. But in contrast, the Bay Area had so much more multiculturalism that was really awesome. And all of that affected me, I think, in the most positive of ways growing up. Um, and I also spent a couple of years in Indiana as well, which was also like stark contrast as well. Because there, we were like the only black family for uh, miles in every direction. So I can tell you that all three of those actually had a profound effect on me as a kid. And um, but it was, you know, just really awesome just to see a lot of the 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 the, the cool cartoons that were happening when when I was a kid. I, I feel like that was like the golden age of cartoons. And there's so many cartoons that they still come out with today that people. Before they watch new stuff, they'll go back and, and spend their time watching stuff from my childhood, which I really appreciate. Such as? What did you uh, what'd you bring for us today? Oh, man. So we are going to talk about gargoyles today, which is amazing because I love gargoyles. And the one thing about gargoyles is the one it was the one show that I always had like the hardest time trying to make it home to catch either, you know, after school or to, to catch on a Saturday morning. But um, Gargoyles is one of those shows that was so awesome to see. But, um, you know, like right off the bat, Gargoyles is a show that is it's a story driven show. So like every episode, like every single episode is based on what they've already established in the episodes before it. Um, and the origin story is really amazing. So it's 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 awesome that, to see that. But also, if you were a kid and you missed the episode. It wasn't one of those shows that you could just pop on TV <laughs> and then, like, you know what's going on. Like, yo, if you come in at a certain episode, there's, like, so much backstory. And luckily, they do good recaps in the beginning of each episode. But you, you know, you definitely uh, had to be following. To, right. To I kind of feel like that just happened to me because you picked a couple episodes uh, for us <laughs> to watch. Um, and I was very confused for the majority of the time, even just sticking in the first season. I wish I'd spent a little bit more time to just watch the whole first season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's 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 crazy because I will say that there's so many of, of the episodes all the way through the, the entire series. They, they all have so many different pieces that, that go together and then there's other ones where i'm like oh man i don't know if that's important and then you realize later it's like oh snap that little thing that happened there is really important 10 episodes from now <laughs> that's cool that they're like using foreshadowing and both like rewarding and punishing kids for paying attention yeah. um when, when do you remember what age you were when you like when this was coming out and what you were watching so, yeah so i was six years old 
uh, when Gargoyles came out. So that was 1994. So so six years old. So it was crazy. Like at that time, like I was just thinking about before we were doing the show. Like yo, I had the Gargoyles Burger King toy, <laughs> and I loved having like you know, and I had other toys from Gargoyles. And I was at that age where it was really cool to be a kid and watch Gargoyles. You know. Yeah, I I remember bits and pieces of it, but I I don't remember how often I was able to watch it too. Maybe it was like something of that time slot, like you were saying. Um, so when I came back, I I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. Um, yeah, watched it earlier this year. Did you do any rewatches after like the first uh, time? Oh yeah. So so as soon as actually I I um I tried to watch the show when I was like twenty, and I got like five or actually got through the origin story and a couple of other episodes through i didn't finish the first season but when it came out on uh, disney plus i actually jumped on and, and i've gotten as far as season two episode 12 so like in in the crazy thing is that season two has like i think like over 50 episodes <laughs> yeah that was insane. so i i did what? the same thing and re-looked it up when disney plus came out and it was yeah. you know there, there was like what? something about 90s <laughs> 90s television like spongebob is one the one that i always go back to right. those seasons there's just so much television in them right. and exactly. somehow a lot of it's really good right. um yeah, it's insane the amount of output that these people were doing. But on season shows. one was just thirteen episodes. Why would you design anything that way? <laughs> right, I, which is crazy. Like season one is easy to get through. Season two is like, okay, now we got money. <laughs> oh man, because because I was thinking watching it of like maybe it's good enough that like I could keep going if I wanted to. If theoretically I had you know a month or more of extra time to spend on cartoons, where would you find uh, that? I don't know. I think I think it would find me, Gavin. Uh, but not if it's 50 episodes. Oh my God. Well, yeah. Sage, did you, did you not, you did not grow up with this show? I have never seen this show before. <laughs> had you heard of it? I had, I had heard of it. Um, so I, I allude to it on this a lot, but I grew up in a cabin in the woods in Alaska and we had one channel of Alaska rural communication systems and it had Saturday morning cartoons, but Gargoyle was not on the menu. <laughs> I was aware of it probably through the Burger King toys more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of great in its own way. Yeah, so it's uh, something I was always aware of, and I knew it was kind of uh, Batman-esque, by which I mostly mean like how the show's produced. Um, another show that I didn't really watch much of as a kid, but I'd at least seen a couple episodes, and they felt like they had some sort of kinship. It shares, like, visually looks really yeah. similar. And uh, I, I'll admit I did some IMDb-ing. And uh, the first season's written of, of um, Gargoyles is written by, like, um, this married couple, actually, named right. uh, Michael Reeves and Bryn Chandler. I was hoping someone's last name was Gargoyle in that story. <laughs> <laughs> Michael quite. and Jad Gargoyle. <laughs> but they, they wrote, like, a bunch of... The Batman uh, animated series. Right. And He-Man okay. and all this shit. Like, they come from, like, it's, these guys had, Dude, these, these two had a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, Michael, I assumed. I, if, if I may, Michael Reeves wrote Mask yeah. of the Phantasm. Okay. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I looked that up, too, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense right off the bat. Because Mask of the Phantasm was another one that I grew up with that I can't say enough good things about. And in a lot of these other series that they worked on, I was looking at that. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. They're, they're heavy hitters as far as in the writing room putting stories together. And this is, I would say, probably the cream of the crop of some of the things that they've done. Yeah. Also, while we're on on this, like rewarding those writers notes, uh, I know, Sage, you and I are both Young Justice fans. And I don't know if you saw sure Greg Wiseman's uh, name popping up as the co-producer because he was one of the co-creators of Gargoyles as well. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, I always assumed that all of these cartoons in the '90s, uh, which Young Justice isn't, but everything else we're talking about, uh, were made by like five or six people. <laughs> like that always, that always felt right to me. It is funny that like you know shows like Gargoyles and Batman also share the same like staff as Tiny Toon Adventures, because uh, like Disney, um, what's what's that other one who made like Tiny Toons? Warner Brothers. Um, 
I they, don't they were, know. It was like all the same group of people doing doing it. Um, I, but think, so say, I think it was Warner Brothers that did Tiny Toons. Yeah, it was also like Looney Tunes that whole that whole shebang. What was a, what was this on? This isn't a Disney show, right? It's just one of the things they have the license to now. Was it Fox? Does no, it's a know? Disney show. This was a Disney show. Yeah, but I don't okay. remember. I didn't have cable growing up, like around this time, though. So nah, I'm you, not sure how. I, I must have been watching it at friends' houses. Yeah, I forget where you watched this show because I, like I said, I had trouble watching it. I like finding like, and when it did come on, I was like, oh snap! Like Gargoyles is on. Like everything else should stop. Sit down, and watch Gargoyles. <laughs> well, it was not on Alaska Rural Communication Systems. That's all I can guarantee. <laughs> It's time to time time to start the hashtag trending in Alaska. You know, bring gargoyles to the airwaves. Finally, I mean, I I got used to everything coming to Alaska about five years later. Even with the internet, I feel like that still happens. I will go back home, and a song will come on that everyone else has completely stopped playing for at least a year, and everyone will go nuts. It's the hot new song, <laughs> so it's just perpetually stuck in the past. I mean, like, a, a lot of the things about the show that when I was a kid that excited me is that, like, every single episode, you get so much, uh, like, different parts of their history, the, the transformations that the gargoyles go through every single time, every episode, whenever the, the, the day or night changes, you get to see a new transformation, and I always thought that was actually really cool, because they would bridge either between episodes or, or between moments in in the uh story arcs and you know how they would freeze their facial expressions i thought was always amazing and, but also more than that they every episode offered uh, uh, quite a bit of backstory and history and, like real history the there's there's a big chunk of the story that takes place in in 1994 uh, uh a, excuse me excuse me in, in 994 <laughs> ad excuse me way common, back common mistake <laughs> right, right, right. I get, I get but, them confused all the time. I keep trying to uh, bring up Beowulf on this, and Gavin says no. I mean, to be right. fair, probably a good portion of the show does take place in 1994 as well. No, no it does. It does. I was going to say that's <laughs> the other half of the show. That's like the, that's after you know they they go through a thousand years of of uh, uh, hibernation. You know, and uh, it's it's just it's really cool just to see how the show has connected so you know many different parts, like I said, of history, and not just that, but but mysticism and fantasy and 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 and, and futurism and and a lot of things that come with with being in the future and i although the the show was meant to take place in the present there was a lot of things that the uh the main villain xanatos so many offered. lasers yeah like, like, but, but also vhs tapes <laughs> there was also things that i, that I also noticed that, like besides lasers this real guns and that's one thing that is this show yeah. is a little different than a lot of other shows there would be like you know most shows of that time everything was a laser in this show there was a few real guns and they played around with that to offer a few lessons and i appreciated that actually. that was something that i was pretty amazed by um that that episode that you had us watch um in which you know and again we're not gonna we're gonna say it every time i guess but spoiler alert spoilers we're... for everything all the time <laughs> always um, spoiler alert probably we had one of the characters, um, you know, who's enamored with guns for a moment, plays with one, and winds up shooting. Is it Eliza or Eliza? I think I think it's Eliza. Eliza, and like she spends that entire episode in the hospital bed trying to heal from it. And we watch our characters have a reason to hate guns because, like, you know, at the same time, Batman doesn't use right. guns because they're like, you know, for cowards or whatever. And, like, Superman doesn't use guns because he doesn't need to. Um, but these characters, like, had to learn that lesson that, yeah. you can, like, guns can hurt, can hurt, like, the people you love. Also, guns are, are new to them. Like, right. guns were around when, when Batman was a kid. Uh, spoilers for Batman, they played a very big role in his early that, that life. Is, that is true. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that's... Um, so I want to I want to back up a quick second because I don't think we've properly established what the hell gargoyles is about. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, Sage, do you want to do the honors? As, yeah, as someone so, watching it for the first time. Yeah, we always try to have whoever's least familiar uh, describe what the show is, and I guess that's me. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a deep breath and a sigh because this is gonna go badly. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> All right. So there's 
there's there's a bunch of gargoyles, right? And they're all living their their gargoyle life thousand years ago, thousand years before nineteen ninety four, which is the present. Um, you see, it's been like two months since I watched the first three episodes, which take place in the past. Copy. Yeah. So everything else very fresh in my mind from this morning. You're doing great. I'm not doing great, but I appreciate your support. I'm floundering. Uh, so a bunch of gargoyles in a castle, living their gargoyle life. Um, and, uh, trying to kind of live amiably with the humans and through a wacky mishap, one of the humans, uh, cast a spell on them that, uh, means when the sun goes down, they will never come back up. Normally they, uh, they turn to stone when the sun's up. How'd I do? <laughs> um, you're, 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 you're close. You're on the right, right track. That's that part was, one. That Does anyone remember what the spell is? It's because actually it's they're, they're the... going to be frozen in stone till the castle rises above the clouds. Till the castle rises above the clouds. Of course. Very important that last It one. was right here in this tome. And what does that castle do in episode three? I, it might, it may or may not. Uh, rise above the clouds when a very rich guy transports the castle stone by stone to the top of a skyscraper in Manhattan, and uh, now they're uh, now they're Manhattan gargoyles. Gargoyles in the big city. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a it's a man out of time story, except the man is five gargoyles of uh, Scottish, varying uh... comic quality. Yeah. And very varying Scottish accents. Varying <laughs> Scottish accents. <laughs> Um, how do we feel about Keith David's Scottish accent? <laughs> I was gonna say, including Keith David, I don't even think that he had like an accent. I think he was just a black man. <laughs> oh yeah, or as my roommate says, is that reverse giraffe? <laughs> <laughs> I man, Keith oh, Keith man. David is such a fucking treasure. He is. Yes, he really. Oh my is. god, he's so incredible. Well, I'll be honest. You know, most of the reason I click next on gargoyles is so I can hear more of Keith David. Dude, I'm telling you, you know, I mean, here's one thing I'll tell you as, as a as a young black child, like Keith David and also uh, Sally Richardson being the voice of Elisa. Like they, it, to me, the, the, the two main characters of the show were both black, like in, in their essence. And it was just always something that blew me away growing up with Gargoyles, that that show was so amazingly successful, but also driven by these two awesome uh, actors in real life. And. Every actor, actually, when you when you look at the entire voice cast of this, all the way down to Bronx being voiced by Frank Welker, <laughs> it's just amazing. You know, this the entire show was like an all star cast. So Hilton, you actually uh, you sent us both uh, an article from uh, uh, what is it from BlackNerdProblems.com? Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about how important this was uh, to that writer as as a young black child. Uh, and I never thought of this show as being black, like for the last, probably not a great way to just describe it, but no, I never but thought it, of it as having those qualities or maybe being important in that community. Well, um, totally. I, I mean, here's the thing is that like, even in the episode we were just talking about, episode eight, Deadly Force, not only is, the, is that the lesson about, you know, guns and, and, and how not to play with them, but in that episode, you find out Elisa comes from. A mixed race family. I, I'll never forget when I first saw that. I was like, "Yo, her dad is Native American, her mom is black, her brother's black." I was like, "Yo, what?" Like, <laughs> and you don't see a, a strong female lead character in a show of that time that was also someone that was a person of color. It's just Gargoyles was was way ahead of its time in its in its uh, in its story, in its essence, and in what it was trying to do politically. You know, at the time, I think it was a really amazing. Yeah, I, I was um, I, I'd forgotten about her family too until the rewatch and seeing that episode, and um, the cast of characters that gather around her bedside is you know really diverse. Um, it looked like I didn't remember, but her brother probably comes back. Um, yeah. I'm assuming maybe her fam her family in its entirety does, and just like the actual, you know, I didn't grow up super religious, but like. I felt it when the mom was like, like, what can we do? What do we do now? Like the brother wants someone to go after, you know, the chief of police comes in and says like, we will get whoever shot her. Like, we'll figure this out. And, uh, her mom goes like, you know, like I'm going to pray, which like, I wasn't expecting to see in a kid's show, 
and I wasn't expecting to see it like kind of read as like, oh shit, like that's actually really powerful that these people are collecting at this woman's bedside. And it is kind of funny seeing like the real, like a, a family and then her second family of gargoyles come in too and have a very similar bedside manner of just like people trying to figure out what to do in this moment of hopelessness where, you know, in a way everything that happens in that episode is kind of extracurricular because what's really happening is, um, I forget the heavy set gargoyle's name, but it's, it's him Broadway. 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 Oh yeah. It's Broadway. Broadway struggling with what he did and understanding and coming to terms, uh, and kind of, and owning that. I believe the, the phrase is I'll never touch a gun again. <laughs> right right you know totally and and i i really actually i appreciate the way that his, his his attitude goes from from being playful with guns to actually like legitimately hating them and it's just interesting like how gargoyles plays on emotions like that with every episode i i they're, they're all so amazing and the more i watch i'm like oh wow there's this these there's these lessons that I, I'm sure that came with, the, you know, the, the writers and the studios. There was a, a, a mandate that we have to include a lot of these lessons, but Gargoyle, Gargoyles did it so flawlessly and, and seamlessly in also integrating all of these crazy other things that are happening in the show. There's always these lessons that you can also pull out of each episode. Yeah, speaking of the craziness, too, like, um, and we only kind of got through the first two or three episodes, I think, in, in Sage's description of the show. Uh, but, like, we're introduced to the villain in episode, or one of the main villains in episode three, uh, who, you know, is like this rich playboy who lives in this castle above New York City skyline with lasers and VHSs and floppy disks everywhere. And so many blinking <laughs> lights and like monitors and it, and his like personal assistant, like blonde guy with glasses who Owen, Owen <laughs> sort of knows Kung Fu and like, isn't afraid to throw down with the vampires. I was, I was extremely confused by that character. <laughs> Yo, I, I love Owen. I was going to say, I'm, we need to talk about Owen really quick, man. Owen, it kills me because he's like, Xanatos is this really crazy anti-hero, right? Like he he's like always behind the scenes, five steps ahead of what the gargoyles and the gargoyles are are a, a little, you know, they're not the fastest thinkers. But there's they're, five they're of them, and they can they're figure things out together. Yeah, they're doing their best, being from nineteen nine hundred ninety four. Yeah, they gotta they gotta relearn everything. They gotta learn how but, guns work. Right. But then, but then you have Xanatos, who is this mastermind. But he's got this guy Owen, and Owen kind of does all of like you know the handiwork for Xanatos. And dude knows kung fu. He know, he's got like everybody online. He knows how to call, who to call, what to do. And and it's like he's like the uh, the uh, uh, excuse me uh, Alfred to to the Batman that is Xanatos. <laughs> yeah, they kind of reminded me of Lex Luthor and like. Yeah, I was trying to figure um, out who the sidekick for Lex Luthor is, though. He's got like, like that. He's got goes. that robo security <laughs> guard made woman who's like very skilled in kung fu and also has guns all over her body. So you're saying it's Lex Luthor and the robo hollow security guard made? Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's a one to one it, comparison. Keeping it nineties. Got it. Um, and. One thing also, um, I, I forget if this was one of the episodes you assigned to us or not, but like Macbeth popped in. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was actually Macbeth, wasn't it? So so Macbeth in this series, it's and it's crazy because they, they bring him in, in in season one. And then in season two, they have this um, City of Stone story arc, which is like episodes nine through 12, where they tell the backstory of Demona and, and Macbeth there, but Macbeth is this character that they've known that's been, that's had dealings with the gargoyles back in their past and has issues with them in the future. And it's, it's kind of crazy how he becomes a very integral character and an ongoing villain, I would say. And, yeah, it, and it's, it, and it's also, it's kind of difficult, I think, to tell who's, who's a, a villain or, a, or an alliance or, 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 excuse me, our villain or, or someone you can trust in this show, or in the show. Well, and especially our, our, um, you know, we're seeing the world through Goliath's eyes predominantly, and through the rest of the gargoyles' eyes, who have no clue what's going on. 
They've just woken up, like you said, from like a thousand years nap. And, and they've met named themselves Xanatos. after neighborhoods. <laughs> they've met Xanatos and Eliza. Um, and it's really up to them to figure out which one of them's on their team. And the first season, like, it really hammered the the moment home at the end where it's like, we protect our castle. We protect our castle. We protect our home. We protect our home. We protect our family. <laughs> You seem right. to have a little bit of an echo going on, Gavin. <laughs> right. It's for, uh, you know, um, dramatic emphasis. <laughs> but I, I think that's totally true. And it's and it's something that I, I think that's really important to recognize how much they care about their home. And, and, and I think it's in episode nine is that, you know, in that episode, not only do they meet this character that has had familiarity with them in their deep past, so we know that he somehow knows them from a thousand years ago, so we have to figure that out. But not only that, but they have to be uprooted from their home and find a new home in this city that they know nothing about. And I think that, that you can tell from the way that, that, that the characters are that they are really, you know, uneasy about that and and I think that that is also something that made the, sh- the story even better is that they, they now have to branch out from the only thing that they knew from their past that, that, that they came into this new world with. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, in that sense, once again, this story just is is, is really like the, the, the undertones and all the different lessons that they that they get into are amazing. But it's also, you know, it's just really easy for for kids to to learn all these different things as well as adults to watch them and enjoy them yeah it is crazy when you leave your your childhood home for a big city and uh run into someone you know so i I feel like we're all living a gargoyle life (laughs) it's so relatable we also like all we've got all that got that ex-girlfriend right who just keeps showing up and trying to murder your friends and family we've all accidentally shot a cop learning how guns work But yeah, I mean, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I I feel like at the same time, like I said, this story, this show is way on the extreme as I watch it as an adult. And I'm like, yo, did I even notice that as a kid? Like, was that something? I was like, nah, man, I just wanted to see gargoyles transform and fight people. But, you know, as an adult, I'm like, yo, this is like really profound in something that I would to this day still like share with my children when I have them. And did you that, pick up on all the sexual tension as a child? There's so Yo, much. I, I definitely didn't pick up on all the sexual tension, but there definitely is. And there's lots of elements of, you know, romance and love and, and heartbreak. And I think that those are the things that make this show even, even better as it, you know, as every episode progresses. It gets even deeper. And, uh, you know, in, in season two, things get even deeper where it's like, oh, man, like, is there like love between this lady and this gargoyle or like what's going on and like is he you know what is goliath gonna figure his life out about while he's chilling and and reading all day uh yeah yeah, let's just reintroduce the sexual tension (laughs) yeah reintroducing sexual tension i'm really just dripping with it (laughs) uh this show gargoyles or this show i mean Oh man. Well, I mean it's just it's crazy how how packed this show is with sexual tension and romance and and heartbreak and so many different elements that like I said that have a, adult themes that I think are uh, you know in, incredible to have in a show like this that is made for children. However, um you know it is this the the story is told so that everyone can enjoy it and it still makes sense but it's it, it's it's there's also like i said you can watch it as an adult and still enjoy it i think yeah and you can watch as a kid and it's not you know overt or anything it's not it's not gross it's a little it's weird gross, but it's, it's a little also, uncomfortable it's, it's uncomfortable <laughs> I, would, I would say yeah it's not gross it's not weird but it is like yo watching it as an adult like yo like how did i not even notice that when i was a kid like <laughs> but you know i think that that those are the things that make the show great how does it uh, compare to watching it as a kid? Do you like it more? Do you like it less? So I like it way more um, as oh. an adult, actually, um, which is crazy because when I was a kid, I didn't like I said, I didn't, I didn't understand it completely. And I just thought it was really the coolest thing I thought was just that, that the way that the gargoyles 
were powerful and they could fly and they could do all these different things and then they turn to stone and regain their power and they can live over a thousand years there's so many cool things about them that i like but i also because i'm a big iron man fan um i like this xanatos guy because he's like this billionaire who's got everything figured out he's totally the shadow of tony stark he I mean, is. like oh my wow. god they look yeah, like similar from that the cartoon got, aspects too yeah yeah Totally. And and because of that, like, I always I, I really liked him as the antihero. And, you know, you, you, he has so many different levels where you can never tell when he's helping or hurting or what his real, you know, motive is in the show. And I like that because it always kept you guessing, like, you know, as you as you watch the story. Does that actually so like, I mean, because I, I again, I only watched bits and pieces of it as a kid and we only, I, I stopped around season one on this current rewatch for the show. Um, and yeah, it is weird how like Demona goes from like being a, a good person or a good gargoyle <laughs> into like, you know, gargoyles are people too, Gavin. <laughs> there, there's actually like a weird line about that specifically too. Um, anyway. Um, but she goes like totally evil, wants to destroy all humanity. And I don't know what she even wants left. Like she doesn't seem to want the other gargoyles to live either. But Xanatos just seems interesting, interested in, like, information. Every time, like, a plot fails, he's just like, oh, you know, like, if you can look at it as a failure, but I think we learned a lot today, everybody. Like, this, he, this was he, a rather good experiment. He manages to win any situation. No matter what happens, he treats it as a win. Uh, yeah. I think that's even a trope. I, I was aware of, like, Xanatos' gambit, like, before I'd seen this show, just from general tv tropes just the idea of a villain who's thought everything out well enough that he's always going to win in some way yeah and, and i i think that 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 makes him amazing too yeah because like you know he he never really fails and you know he's gonna be in the next episode you know and you know he's gonna have a new thing that's gonna be you know twice as good as the last thing which is cool because the, the show just gets better and better and better and the stories get deeper and more twisted. And I think that that's what made it like so awesome to watch. Cause it's like, okay, the next episode is going to have a new monster, a new cyborg or a new, some playing with mysticism in some way that you haven't yet seen. And I think that that's where this, this show had access to all of those different areas in some way, you know, and, and, and tied them all together and really nicely between Xanatos and the gargoyles. And that was a really, I felt like that was kind of a 90s trope too, wherein you have, when, because I think Teenage Mutant Turtles had both like interdimensional aliens and then the Shredder who was both a ninja and also kind of into technology. Right. And you had this mix of, in like a lot of these kids shows, of magic and technology at the same time. And it's a very like specific future. Right. Um, that yeah. was really refreshing to see because it's not as common these days, I feel like. I will say compared to a lot of the other 90s stuff that I was either familiar with as a kid or have watched uh, in preparation for like this podcast in general, um, Gargoyles is not that crazy <laughs> compared to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, compared to Street Sharks, compared to a lot of a lot of those things and i was just always expecting a little more and i remember thinking like well it's not like abraham lincoln's gonna show up and they're gonna fight him and then macbeth showed up so <laughs> this that was also only that was my one. journey yeah you know that's no. part of it too a lot of those like teenage and turtles went on for quite some time and you know it did have to like one up itself to get crazier and crazier the although i remember the techno technodrome or whatever it is popping up fairly early in the show's continuity. So I don't know what I'm talking about. No, it was, it was crazy. I think, you know, when you see the ways that, like, that this particular show can play with history because, you know, they're, they're based in Scotland, right. You know, so a lot of the things that, that came out of, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the dark ages and a lot of the, the, the different, you know, the, excuse me, the, uh, the stigma that comes behind the monsters and dealing with monsters in the dark ages in, in even to the times of Merlin in like the fifth century, they, they go back that far. And they, they bring out these elements of mysticism to make the show even better. And then they also play with those things in modern times, you know, which I think is, is really cool. And then, you know, it, even more than that, you start to look at the ways that, 
that they will also have backstory within each episode. I think that that's a really great way that they, they play around with all of these elements because they show where they originated and then how they land and they have to deal with them as a, a plot point in the fu- in the future throughout each episode. Are there any things that um, that you that stick out to you in your memory outside of those episodes that you shared with us? I mean, you know, some of the coolest things that, that I can ever remember is just that the the transformations that happen in each episode. Like I said, every time, every episode, they, they get a new chance to transform from a different place if they're not back at their home base. I always thought that, that was really cool because they're very uh, vulnerable in the daytime as to in the evening when they come alive and they're these, you know, very powerful beings. And, you know, so there's a very human element that comes with... Uh, uh, Elisa being their human uh, partner. Yeah, they're just emotionally vulnerable at night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just from a money side of things, I did actually expect them to be posing the exact same way at the exact same tower the entire time. Um, so it was kind of refreshing to see them. You know, they really had some money behind this show. They're the well, animation. New Yorkers. Like, <laughs> the animation's not always incredible in this show. There's some like, especially um, watching the Macbeth fight scenes. There was some great, really artistic choices being made. Right. And there was some really dumb, bad-looking moments, I thought, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed that, too. There's a fight scene in there that I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glad that they took the time to, like, really draw out this fight scene. And I'm like, oh, that that wasn't the, exactly the best move I think they should draw. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that was, that was, it was, an, it was a really interesting mix of show because there is a lot of, like, I started getting kind of the vibes of like I'd I'd been rewatching the new or the old Star Trek, and it does this amazing job of like being a very cheesy show in a lot of respects, but delivering pretty well thought out, uh, well acted drama as well. And this show kind of has a lot of that to me as well, where there are moments where it becomes kind of hammy, but yeah. like a lot of the melodrama works. Like, I'm it does. I, I, I'm concerned. Like, maybe she won't wake up from this gunshot. Like, damn, they really do have to leave their home. That means something. You I also know? think melodrama is very much okay in the show about Scottish gargoyles. <laughs> right, <laughs> totally. I, I mean, you know, it's crazy, like, because even more than that, I mean, it's some of the episodes, I'm like, I was watching one earlier, and there's a scene where this girl almost falls off of the, uh, the roof of something, and, and a guy reaches out to grab her, and then it cuts the commercial. I'm like, damn, I was like, that actually had me on the edge of my seat. I'm like 31 watching this cartoon. <laughs> that is something that like I do miss in like the current, you know, Netflix uh, style of like streaming where we this show is built around a three act structure that is meant to have a pause mid episode. And there is a lot right. of those like, <laughs> will they make it out of this one? Tune in after the next commercial break. Um and it was really fun and refreshing to see like such a structured show, even for one that is experimenting with the form for the time, because it was like you were saying, these are season arcs. These are like, is a show long arc. Right. And, and I think that that was also something that was amazing is because they, the story they'll, you'll be like, is it deep into season two and they'll do like a recap that pulls episodes, like pieces from like maybe 12 episodes. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, like all of those things are relevant to this what's about to happen in this next episode so it's like I'm, okay i'm gathering from the way you're both talking about this that there was this was not common in 90s cartoons the right like the structure well like just even just building on itself that much and having that much of its own mythology or like yeah well, having a sequel to an episode that happened 12 episodes earlier and something like that a follow-up i would say that there were very few shows that i can say that had that same structure where you know they were built upon having to have watched having that followed every episode thus far and that's one thing about Gargoyles is like, you know, if you watch this, especially in season two, when they change the entrance, the, uh, the intro sequence, because um, the intro sequence of season two, you have Keith David reintroduced, like he tells a recap of what happened at, at the, on, in every intro. And then there's another recap that tells you about what's about to happen in this next episode. So, um, you know, it's, it's really crazy because a lot of shows around that time were built around the structure where you, you see that origin story. And then every episode, they can give you a new villain or a new situation 
and it, it's built so that you know your hero defeats that person goes on and doesn't really play into the next few episodes but this show is like you know there's four there's episodes that are like four uh excuse me uh stories that are four episodes long or five episodes long that you have to have watched the last two to understand the next one and you know i felt like that was really great how they how, and then they would also have different characters like if a character gets created in one episode that character might come back six episodes from 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 when they first were introduced and that was something that was really great about this show because you you could get really familiar but also i think if as a kid if you weren't following every single moment it was also probably really hard to follow but you, you probably didn't care either you just wanted to see gargoyles i have so many memories of like shows from this time period because they all kind of had that intro movie like every one of these like 90s kids shows kind of built around uh, toys had this like micro movie. One that really sticks out in my mind is Biker Mice from Mars. Um, oh, I love that show, man. Yeah, it was wild. And I feel like I've seen parts of that movie a bunch just what, because of how are things are in syndication. you just said? Uh, Biker Mice from Mars. Oh, of course. You know. No. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Biker Mice from Mars was so good. I, I can talk about that show for a while, too. We'll save it, I, save it for another episode. Yeah, next we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's going to be the cartoon hour. This is great. I love it. Um, well, okay. I feel like we might already know where you fall, Hilton. But, like, the, we, we have a rating system on this show that we're trying to establish. Um, there are three categories that a show can fall into. Is it still good? Is it something that's better as a memory? Like maybe don't revisit it, but like keep those fond, fuzzy, warm feelings. Or is it something that no one should ever discuss again? Oh man. I mean, I think that it speaks volumes just because of, of the fact that Disney plus made a big point about, you know, exhibiting this particular show. It's definitely still really good. And I think not only is it still good, but it's almost more relevant now <laughs> than it was then because of how groundbreaking that it was. And you can still watch it now, and it's really, really interesting. I think it's it, to me, it's cooler to be able to watch it now streaming and being able to finally follow the entire story from the very first episode than it was as a kid just catching it when it came on. That I, I I'm gonna agree and say it is still good and um, it is cool that it's out on Disney Plus and we can like I know I have uh, several other friends who are watching it in its entirety right now too and I just remember that actually part of the way I saw this show was definitely in like those VHS bundles that would like oh um, yeah so like you'd have several episodes together it might be the opening movie or just several random episodes however they could market it um, there's a lot of shows that I saw that way. Uh, through either rent through rentals of like just random bunches of episodes, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say like the animation's not amazing. It's pretty good for its time and like pretty strong and it, like there's a lot of beautiful backgrounds. The background paintings are absolutely gorgeous in this show, and the characters are really fun. But like I'm I'm gonna say maybe don't rush out of your way to see it either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to overhype it, but like if you have fond memories, it's definitely I'd say it's probably the way you remember it. And there is a little bit more there, maybe even than your uh younger brain processed. Uh what do you think, Sitch? Alright, so those are the those are the veteran eyes on it. Uh the first the first counterpoint I gotta say to yours, Hilton, is that Disney Plus promoting it doesn't really mean anything because Disney <laughs> Plus's entire model is like, hey, here's a thing you like. Have the thing you like, or we'll remake it into a thing you don't like, but you'll still watch it. Like that's that's what Disney is now. Um, I appreciate this show as a relic. It is much better than I expected it to be. Like that, I'm gonna say completely. Um, Hilton likes this show so much that I'm like stepping around words and trying not to offend him. No, nah, you're I, I feel fine, like man. Because the show you're has homey and you're very don't intimidating. Me, don't get me wrong. This show, oh, I haven't talked about things I don't like about the show yet. Oh, you yeah, should, you it, should, you should do that. Oh, that would. I, mean, I do. I do. In our format, that's supposed to come earlier, Hilton. Quick, welcome back. <laughs> let me, let me but finish, yeah. finish my judgment on that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just feel like if this show just came out today as it is, I would not watch it. 
um it's it's like it's got its place in history and if you've got those fond member member berries disney plus mm-hmm, is yeah. here to hook you up um and but i'll you're fill in the gaps it came out now that first season but yeah if it oh, came yeah, out it, right it, now it wouldn't capture the 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 30 year old audience that they were going for <laughs> that's yeah but i mean there are there are other things that are made for for kids that still like speak to me now um some of the, some of the other shows we're working on i feel that way about um and you know adventure time kids that are growing up on that will be able to to watch it years from now and uh get something completely different out of it um i mean i guess you can do that one of the th- one of the things about this show is the humor it, it, it is i feel like the humor is geared for kids that are you know very young um, you know, and it's, and it's the type of humor that, you know, if you're older, you kind of get, you do get really tired of the humor <laughs> after a while. Cause you know, I, that's the one thing that as an adult, I'm like watching it back and I'm like, okay, that's funny. But like, I could deal without that little yeah, piece I could, to tell this story. I could cut basically every joke that a gargoyle makes right before a scene changes. <laughs> Like something bad happens and a gargoyle tries to do a quick bit and then it cuts to something else. I would remove every <laughs> single time that happens. Right. And then there's some other things about this show that like I mean I, I love whenever they get seen by people or when they have to deal with people <laughs> and like the fact that these people like in my mind I'm like that person's gonna need therapy for the rest of their life. <laughs> After they saw a gargoyle or got jumped by five gargoyles. <laughs> well, there's the running gag where people just turned themselves into the police because six monsters told them to. <laughs> right, that was that a good was bit. It's a that good was bit. A there good are good bit. bits in the show for sure. I bought like excising all the humor. There's some good stuff. Right. But I also I feel like, you know, Macbeth is is one of these characters that is uh like a little bit overdone he overacted a little bit you know and uh but there's also these really (laughs) definitely right i mean mean, you know it all of those things together i think still it makes this show like actually hella funny also to watch too because i'm also watching it like yo like so and so just told a joke before they like knocked this person and like broke him their stone body and killed him. I'm like, yo, that's what you could do in 1994 cartoons. Yeah, I could have used even more theatricality to be honest. If right. everyone was an approximation of like Clayface in the new Harley Quinn cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it is that beautiful mix though of like heavy drama and not knowing how to ride a motorcycle and everything explodes. Just there's so many explosions of the show too, but it is that just that mix of like ridiculous silliness, and then also trying to teach you about gun violence and the importance of family. It's, right. You know. Yeah, I just I don't know what's there for you if you haven't already seen the show. <laughs> like Absolutely it doesn't fair. have like biting humor. <laughs> it doesn't have uh, just the absolute zaniness of some of the other cartoons at the time. Uh, it's just overall pretty good, and that's not good enough. <laughs> I feel that. Um, what I do feel you, that, too. What do you think... Um, another section that we're doing on this show... Look at this flawless introduction. Um, You're nailing it. <laughs> I believe in you. What would it look like if this was uh, made today? Yeah, I keep saying... I keep saying it wouldn't work if it came out today, but like if they if they made it for the first time, what does it look like? Who's in it? How does it distribute? It's also, I mean, that is easily a hashtag on Twitter that I'm sure has been already cycled many, many times. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Has anyone tried to reboot Gargoyles? Probably should have looked. That I up. mean, <laughs> and people, have, I, I'm sure that there are some petitions out there for people that are trying to get a a. a a live action adaptation of gargoyles and i think that that would actually be really easy for them to do you could almost shot for shot do the uh, <laughs> the first five episodes and adapt that into a movie very easily that would blow a lot of people away and i think it would super play, down for that it, it i think it would play better as a movie now than than you know if it was reintroduced even like you said if it came out you know now as, as a cartoon like i don't i don't think it would hold up even as good but as a movie with with the sci-fi elements and in the, the the CGI monsters and however they would do, I think it would look really cool to see a live-action gargoyles movie. 
and they could probably jazz it up and make it a lot more appealing to people today than they than they could back in the day. And it would have that Disney money behind it too, which isn't going to hurt on right. a show that is going to rely so much on special effects. Um, also, like um, you could just also just have Keith David do mocap, and it would make me very happy. <laughs> I mean, that's just, another thing. Like, you could still have Keith David be Goliath, and people would come out just to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, that would be really cool. Pull a pull a Disney's Mufasa, and uh, just have the exact same voice voice uh, of the elder figure coming back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I, it totally. works, yeah, yeah. Well, and Greg Wiseman has had. Um, wait, is that his name? That's his name, right? Yeah. Um, with Young Justice, there was like a long pause between seasons on that, and it got brought back. Uh, so I feel like I've seen him repost a Gargoyles uh, remake tweet. I feel like this is definitely in the air and might actually happen. I, I think that if they're really, if they're wise, they will go ahead and whatever script they've got, they'll have Keith David go ahead and read his parts and they can make that movie whenever they want. <laughs> because so this, people will still come out to see it whenever it gets made, guaranteed. This live-action uh, Gargoyles remake, who directs it? Like, it's easy enough to, to fantasy cast it. Ooh. I do think Demona would be, like, uh, I'm blanking on who plays, like, Gamora, um, even though... Yeah. Uh, why am I she's in everything. <laughs> even though she's in everything, and she's a great actress, and I love her. <laughs> I mean, gosh, that's but a... I got quarantine brain That's right a now. hard one, man. I mean, you know, it, it to, to me, this feels like this would be good for Ridley Scott, in my opinion. I think that Ridley Scott could do a great Whoa. job with the Gargoyles. Whoa. Yeah. Or, like, just just thinking of the way that he tries to tell the stories with epic movies, like, to see, like, a gladiator kind of style on this, where it tells, like, you know, with the backstory, because I feel like their backstory has to be told right, and it's a period, it's a period piece, you know? So, recognizing that, you have to do it justice in, in its... Uh, in its source, and then bring it into the modern times. And I think that transitioning that would be very challenging for somebody. But Ridley Scott has proven that he can do it with Gladiator and the Alien series as well. So I think that... Yeah, the Alien series definitely comes to mind. Like, with the how the city and, like, these, you know, futuristic technological versions of Manhattan, um, it'd be really interesting to see somebody with his eye and um you know background in production design bring that to this world that would be really fun that actually would make me ex if if that happened i would be excited to see it like right easily. I, I also think that james cameron could do a really good job with this movie just because james cameron i just i love the way that he plays around with the lessons and the things like the, the way that he put a lot of symbolism and a lot of different uh lessons into avatar as well as so many of the sci-fi elements. And then at the core of it, you have a lot of really spiritual elements. I think that he could do a good job as well. It needs something. If you're going to do a Gargoyles movie, it needs to be incredibly epic with a lot of money put behind it and, and a director that can handle that, I think. Uh, so first off, it was Zoe Saldana. That's going to bother me forever, so I just looked it up. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go Neil Marshall. I think I, think I have that right. Um, the guy who did, he did a lot of Game of Thrones episodes, but he also did like The Descent and Doomsday, which is already like a Scottish war movie. I think that would be fun. But he also did the new Hellboy movie, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, that new Hellboy. <laughs> but he did Blackwater. I mean, I, I think those both, I, I didn't really have anyone coming to mind directly, but because you mentioned Hellboy, uh... I would say that maybe the director of the first Hellboy movie would be a good choice, even though I'm not a huge Ooh. fan of that movie either. But ah. his, but his okay, Del Toro Gargoyles, sure. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting to see. I would be very. Um, I'm not a huge Del Toro fan, but like I did like Shape of Water quite a bit. There's aspects of Pan's Labyrinth I totally love, and I would be interested to see what he did because at the core of all his movies is that struggle of being other and wanting to relate to humans and right. like find family and home right. which is that something that like at least it felt like especially in the first season is something that gargoyles deals with very directly 
So I think he would be a really fun person for this. And I think he'd also be really into it. I also think it'd be very easy to slide an element of body horror into this. And maybe that's a good fit. Most definitely. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I like Del. I love uh, Pacific Rim, the first Pacific Rim. I love Del Toro. That movie's so much fun. Uh, right. I, I mean, that. but <laughs> just just the thinking about how you know, if you can imagine that on a smaller scale, you know, between the monsters and the in the tech battles and whatnot in that movie, like having Del Toro be in charge of the gargoyles movie, amazing. I feel like that is something that we did gloss over: is how many mecha gargoyles there are in this show, even in the first season. There's cyborg which... gargoyles. There's just a whole. I'm assuming it just gets weirder and weirder as the seasons go on. Yeah, that was delightful I... to see. Right, and then and then Xanatos has a gargoyle Iron Man style armor, which is like crazy the fact that he's like i i want to be able to match them at their best and which i also thought was really amazing because it's beyond the robots you know it's quite endearing <laughs> right well great <laughs> um so that felt like just to bring it back we we got two still goods and one better as a memory is that correct i think or i gotta i gotta fall be- better as a memory yeah a memory that i i don't have but my life is not is not worse for watching this. No, yeah. you even said you I might would say go... my life is slightly better for watching this, yeah. given this influx of free time. I think if I had had to right. choose between this and other things, I might feel differently about it. Um, I mean, on that note, I forget. Are we doing a recommendations of other things since you're already heavily well, editing this episode? What I, what I really want to know is, like, if you like gargoyles, like you guys do, uh, what else should you be looking oh, okay. at? In that yeah, vein? in this vein. Yeah. So recommendations oh, based man. on well, liking gargoyles. Well, I mean, the the one that you already called out was uh, biker mice from Mars. Which I thought was like <laughs> off top, yeah, man. Like if you haven't watched Biker Mice from Mars, you should totally go watch Biker Mice from Mars after you finish this show. When was the oh, last man. time you watched Biker Mice from Mars, though, Hill? Oh man, it's been years, but I just know <laughs> that it's in the same vein. I need, like, I want yeah. to go watch it now that you mentioned it. I'm like, yo, I need to go back and watch that. Um, but there's some other shows that I thought that were really great and from the same producers and writers too actually like um there was a show that i don't know if you guys remember this show called exo squad but exo squad was also um i believe it was uh produced by the, one of the producers from from gargoyles dennis woodard um and in exo squad was a, a great show that i really loved growing up i loved anything where you have like an exo suit or armor or a mech or something i, I loved stuff like that growing up the 90s must have been a wonderful time for you. That is the <laughs> easiest way to make Hilton happy. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Give me give me a big a big robot suit and I'll be happy, you know? Just show up I with know. a mech suit and some flowers. I'm just saying, brother, that's all a brother needs sometimes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But, but but also I would say, you know, Exo Squad if you've never seen that show, check that one out. But also there's a show from the same writers, uh, uh Roughnecks. And it was a Starship Troopers show, which I also felt like was a show that you had to have kind of followed it through the seasons to know what's going on. Because every season they're on like a different campaign. Um, but it but it follows, you know, very closely. Every episode, you know, depends on what happened before. Um, and I really loved Roughnecks. If you haven't seen Roughnecks, check out Roughnecks. Was that early CG? That was early CG, man. It was really cool. I thought that Roughnecks was... was you know, I, I I would say that it doesn't hold up when I go back and watch it now. <laughs> it definitely doesn't hold up, but my memory of it is is great. That one's definitely better as a memory yeah. of my face. <laughs> Man, early CG is interesting. I, I'm waiting for like someone will bring up Beast Wars, I'm sure, and we'll have to watch that. And oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready. We have Beast to. Wars. You gotta watch <laughs> Beast Wars. Okay, let me just okay. say right now. Yeah, I'm a huge Transformers fan, but that actually was. Not only just born out of the original 80s show, but I, I grew up when I could understand it when Beast Wars came out. And I had a bunch of friends in elementary school. We all followed Beast Wars, had Beast Wars toys, and Beast Wars was another great early uh, CG story, uh, show. All right. Well, Hilton, you do know you're a welcome back, right? <laughs> I appreciate that. You, you know the door code. <laughs> um, you I'm um, going gonna, gonna to go ahead and suggest... Uh, to try and bring this into something a little bit more modern too that's kind of continued in what i would, I would like consider that. 
maybe this vein. Um, I'm watching. I'm very late to the t- late to the game, but Castlevania for the first time. Okay, that and, uh, that is so good. And that is it. Feels very much like in the same aspects of like messing with gothic horror and futurism, um, and this continuing arc of characters and story that like you're never sure who's an ally and who's and and also the way that they play the villain like the first character you meet in Castlevania is Dracula and right. totally. they spend they spend the entire episode showing you why he's doing the horrors uh, unto this world that he's doing and make him you know maybe not like right but like understandable like you can see where this anger comes from and that was really cool um I, I was kind of blown away, even though people have been recommending it to me for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's Castlevania. very yeah. good. Very, on very good it's show. Such a good show. Yeah, Castlevania is a great show. I, I love. I've actually just finished uh, season three that's, that's out now, and um, I. But I can tell you, man, like, oh god, all of that that entire show between the animation, the fights, and the way that they're telling the story of this game that everybody grew up with. Um, is just incredible, and it's really cool to watch. Warren Ellis, another good choice, possibly, for, for working on Gargoyles, the, the upcoming reboot. I mean, he should definitely write Gargoyles. He should write everything. I'm glad he's branching into more uh, visual media now, Warren Ellis being my favorite comic book writer. I'd say favorite, yeah. And on that note, uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here, Hilton. <laughs> It's all good. Thank you guys for having me. The, uh, oh, the sun say, is up, and we must we must turn to stone. Totally. Um. Uh. Really quick before we do, were there any last minute questions or anything that we needed to clear up about guardrails? Because I do have a whole bunch of other things that we didn't talk about, but just wanted to check: is there anything you guys need me to repeat, say again? I mean, the the floor is open. We can we are already editing this episode. If you if there's something else you want to toss in and make Sage's life a little bit more interesting, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I, I I think that there was some some really cool things that happened in the like just just in short. Another thing that that I love about Gargoyles, and you can you know, it, it's is the the more that you watch it, the crazier it becomes. And, you know, they go into a lot of things that we are now dealing with in reality now. Like, they have VR in the show. Uh, COVID-19. Right. You know, it, it, it is just like, it's crazy just when you see a lot of the, the ways that those shows from our childhood have kind of, like, made a lot of the shows today, the things that we still, that we feed to our kids, like, the, the foundation of some of those ideas came out, a lot of things were you know came out of gargoyles i feel like there's so many really cool things that you see there um and and not only that but like i said like a lot of the actors that were in this show went on to be incredibly awesome personalities and other things later and uh you know one of them grew up to be keith david right (laughs) (laughs) i'm still hoping i can be keith david right but i mean you got the guy that played uh uh Broadway is the voice of Patrick in Spongebob. Oh, um, you got a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, not only that, you got, you know, the, 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 a couple of the actors that were in this, uh, the guy that plays Xanatos, he plays Riker in Star Trek. The, uh, the girl that plays Demona was also in Star Trek. You got the guy that, uh, one of the guys that I think he, that, that voices, uh, Brooklyn, the guy that voices Brooklyn, uh, Jeff Bennett, is the voice of Johnny fucking Bravo. <laughs> and, From the uh, show Johnny fucking Bravo? Johnny Bravo, bro. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me because Johnny Bravo was another huge part of my childhood on Cartoon Network. I love Johnny Bravo. Me um, too. I but, had a poster of him on a wall. It was great. Right. Right. And then, I mean, but one of the biggest ones and the funniest ones is that Frank Welker was Bronx. Like, of all the people, the voice of, of Megatron is the voice of the gargoyle dog in this show. (laughs) (laughs) There is a gargoyle dog. I don't think we ever talked about that. That was like a highlight for me. (laughs) I love it when things that aren't humans have pets. Like, I'm a big fan of Pluto. Oh, yeah, that's such a weird... Anyway, uh, I just think dogs should have dogs. It makes sense to me. (laughs) Right. And and that's where I stand on it. No more questions. Fair enough. 
<laughs> but even even more than that, really quick, I mean, honorable mention, dude, Tim Curry came on and did a couple episodes, man. You know, as, as Dr. What? Severus. He he was this guy, Dr. As it. Severus. He just played it. <laughs> but uh, his character was great, too. It's like just so many people that came and, and were a part of Gargoyles that you don't even realize. That, like, you know, this show had just an amazing team that, that was putting together uh, amazing, you know, stories. Every episode, I think, was really cool. Had a different dynamic. You know, it could have been could have been better, but, you know, all good. Yeah, and I mean, uh, among its competition, it's definitely easily stand out. Um, well, Hilton, where can, I mean, if you want to be found and followed, yeah. uh, where would you send people? Got anything to plug? Anything you're working on? Oh, boy. Uh, not in the foreseeable future. <laughs> Until... Uh, we are uh, in healthier times, but um, uh, I would say that the best place to follow me and, and see what I got going on is on Instagram, uh, and you can find me at underscore hjday underscore, or uh, also I have an IMDb page uh, that is easy to find as well. But about what you? about us? Do we have any any media for this? After you, dear sir. Oh, I, I'm around, you know, it's my name. If you type in Sage, you can find me. That's some pretty much how it works. <laughs> Similarly, uh, I'm under Gavin V. Murray on Instagram. That's probably the easiest place. And you can also follow our podcast potentially on Instagram at stillgoodpod. Um, that's at stillgoodpod. And uh, the website of the same name, stillgoodpod.com. Um, and yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> feel free to subscribe on all the podcasting things where you find podcasts. I'm not going to tell you where to do that. I'm assuming you already have a way. You've gotten this far. Hit the like and subscribe uh, button in the corner. Yeah, yeah, give us five stars on on Yelp. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, well I've again, been thank you so. <laughs> I've been Gavin. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, and yeah. <laughs> also, it's, yeah. It's been, Goodbye. It's been an honor and a pleasure, guys. Thank you. <laughs>